Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Perhaps we should know now. But I'm going to say a little in this program, and it makes its way into every program, concerning the matter of intellectual honesty or dishonesty. And we'll have more to say about that with reference to some specific storylines in the subsequent program. Time magazine announced its shortlist for Person of the Year, used to be Man of the Year, now it is Person of the Year, and they give this announcement, drum roll please, of the top 10 contenders for Person of the Year. I don't know about you, but I didn't make it on the list, not on the list. Now, I don't know what you think Person of the Year means, what that means to you. When I hear it, in spite of what I know about some of these illustrious beings that have been graced with this title in the past, either Person of the Year, Man of the Year, what have you, in spite of what I know, I still am affected by that title, and I think, oh, this is, you know, giving kudos, giving honor to someone for their supposedly praiseworthy behavior. It doesn't mean that they actually are honorable or righteous or noble or godly or anything like that but that at least there is the presumption, the pretense. (laughs) But not so, as there is with the Nobel Prizes. There is at least this charade, this pretense of nobility, honor, righteousness, so forth. Well, not so with the time person of the year. Instead... It is to denote the person or group of people. So again, they keep evolving, morphing into the future. The person or group of people who most influenced the news and the world for better or for worse during the previous year. Isn't that a remarkable thing? So in other words, for doing the most damage to the world in the previous year and receiving voluminous press for it, you could be selected to be person of the year. Yes, So that's more in line, more in keeping with the kind of people, the kind of individuals who have received this great honor in years gone by. Well, you probably can guess any number of the people that are gracing this shortlist. Again, this is not the actual recipient of this fabulous honor, but instead these are the people that are being, or groups of people that are being considered. The finalists, Donald Trump, President of the United States of America, makes the list, along with Vladimir Putin, Russian Federation President, a.k.a. President for Life, de facto President for Life, Robert Mueller, former FBI director, of course, heading up this investigation into collusion 
or possible collusion between Russian Federation and the Trump campaign for the presidency for the 2016 election. But there are others. And then there is this Christine Blasey Ford who testified against now Supreme Court Judge Brett Kavanaugh and Jamal Khashoggi. This journalist who was working, I believe, for the illustrious Washington Post and who disappeared from being among the living when he entered the Saudi consulate in Turkey, Istanbul, where he was slaughtered. Slaughtered for his criticism of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who has been a visitor, a VIP visitor here to the United States of America and other nations, and who is so important and whom we can look forward to having a great deal to do with. You know, being on our most favored nation, most favored leader list. And then there's the president of South Korea, Moon Jae-in, who has been promoting and pushing and championing this, call it what you will, some sort of a pie-in-the-sky, best buddies, best friends with the North Korean communist regime of the Kim clan, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un. And then the American princess. American princess, what are you talking about? Yes, Meghan Markle, who, of course, has married into the British royal family. Well, those are some of the individuals that made the shortlist of people or groups of people who most influenced the news and the world for better or for worse in the esteemed opinion of the editorial board of Time magazine. But Time Online, it's exciting, exciting to have such outstanding individuals being considered for this honor. Makes one reflect, makes me reflect on the times in which we live, times in which parents of a four-year-old boy who now is seven, but started a YouTube channel for him as a four-year-old to review toys. And they have been raking in the money. In this last year, a mere $22 million from all of the saps and fools and what have you here in the United States of America and around. And elsewhere. It's exciting. It's wonderful. So deserving. I mean, just so absolutely wonderfully deserving. And so Walmart has contracted with them. It's really deserving, deserving people. Speaking of deserving people, there have been so many stories about this couple who started a GoFundMe campaign for this poor, homeless veteran and who raised $400,000 and then supposedly wanted to keep it for themselves and back and forth and round and round. And, well, the latest that I saw on it was that they were actually in cahoots and they made up the story and they put it out there and all kinds of people gave considerable sums of money, handed them over for this great cause 
Oh, just such a wonderful cause that just tugs at your heartstrings Mm. as compared to actually needy, deserving causes. Makes me think of the, I believe it was GoFundMe in this case also, campaign started on behalf of poor Kylie Jenner, beautiful, staggeringly beautiful young woman, the kind that perhaps the Donald would gravitate to fleetingly. But this young woman who only has $900 million or some such thing (laughs) to her name, of course, of, of course, she made all that money herself. She was responsible for it all herself, of course. <laughs> but anyway, this individual who I, I guess maybe carried a, a torch for Kylie decided that he needed to appeal to the world for all of those rich, insanely foolish people to contribute to her, to give her 100 million more dollars on top of her 900 million dollar net worth so that she could join the billionaires club what a deserving cause what a deserving individual outstanding that is in a nutshell the insanity of the times in which we live speaking of such things I'm sure you must have heard or seen or both about Donald Trump Jr. honoring his father ever so obsequiously and sycophantly, in my view. That's probably not a permitted use of that term to to, uh, change its form. But yes, Donald Trump Jr., his youngest if you will, perhaps in maturity. But he is the eldest son, even if (laughs) it's hard to imagine. But he called his father an angel and a star. Yes, Uh, to quote Donald Trump Jr., namesake of the great man, quote, Couldn't decide between an angel or a star, so I picked both. End quote. I understand loyalty. I have no problem with him honoring his father, regardless how dishonorable his father may be. No problem with that. No problem with him gushing about how much he loves his father for whatever reason, motivation, or anything else. But for him to make this kind of statement (laughs) is remarkable. Anyway, a figurine (laughs) showed a figurine on a tree of the Donald with his power red tie at the top as a topper, couldn't decide between an angel or a star. So I picked both. Well, got news for you. Not an angel, as you very, very, very well know. Some may well view him as a star, but a celebrity for sure, a major Celebrity, absolutely. I expect you saw some word concerning federal prosecutors stating that the Donald, President Trump, directed payment of illegal sums of money Not that the sums were illegal, but how they were used to hush up certain women. Women of the night, you might say. Hush money payments that the president supposedly, according to them, 
was responsible for directing these payments to be illegally made in order to head off sex scandals. Sex scandals due to his misbehavior that, in their view, threatened his chances of becoming president, of winning the White House. So now you could just say, well, these federal prosecutors, they go back to the Obama administration and they have it in for the president. And (laughs) that may well be. But anyway, they said that he acted in this way, that he did these things. Well, the president had a very interesting take on what they said. And he tweeted the following. And again, tweeting is the preferred form of communication for this generation, it seems, among the powerful. Hmm. Quote, totally clears the president. Thank you, exclamation mark, end quote. That's the Donald, that's the president communicating to the people of the United States of America and the world, quote, totally clears the president. Thank you. After these federal prosecutors (laughs) stated that he was responsible for directing illegal payments to be made to hush these women up, porn star, and so on and so forth. But anyway, it's just water off his back. You know, I mean, it doesn't phase the president. No problem. At least that's what he would have us believe. Turns a frown upside down, right? Turns a negative into a positive. Outstanding. But then he had more to say concerning this. And I thought it was interesting, his remarks, that he stated that these were just private transactions. Private transactions. that he couldn't be held responsible for, that there wasn't anything illegal about them. Just a private matter. (laughs) It's just... So anyway, I... Believe what you will. Okay, he doesn't deny it. In this most recent communication, he did not deny having made these illegal payments. He denies that they're illegal, but does not deny making them, does not deny directing them to be made by lawyers. He says that they were. it was done right. It was done by lawyers. And so if they did it incorrectly, they could be held liable. But he's in the clear. He's off the hook. It was just breathtaking to me how he justified this. But, again, the boldness of it, the brazenness of it. But that is symptomatic of something that you will find not just in the Trump administration, but in the Obama administration, in the Clinton Clinton, Clinton, Clinton administration, as in Bill Clinton, Hillary Rodham Clinton, and Albert Arnold Gore Jr. Clinton. Uh, And that is corruption. Just so much corruption. Speaking of this administration, though, and its corruption, former campaign operative Jason Miller who carried on with another former campaign operative, A.J. Delgado, extramarital 
romance, so-called. Actually, adultery, not romance, was <laughs> something else. But while this was going on, he got involved with another woman that he met at a strip club, and Delgado claims he got that woman pregnant, and he slipped that woman, when he found out that she was pregnant, he slipped her an abortion pill, causing her to suffer emergency Induced abortion and near death, nearly bled to death, according to Delgado. Undoubtedly no truth to it. You know, I mean, absolutely not. Undoubtedly just nothing to it. But then we have our former CIA director, convert to Islam, John Brennan, who has been on the warpath against the Donald for this reason and that reason, and he came out with the following statement. He stated that I am relieved, this is Brennan tweeting this at Trump, I am relieved that you will never have the opportunity to run for public office again. Well, with regard to that, I think it is less than a sure thing. But let's go back a step. Back to the Donald. Back to his own words concerning these hush money payments to these women that he now is not denying having carried on adulterous affairs with because... He deserves this sort of thing. It's like Reggie Jackson, former slugger for the Oakland A's, who was acquired by the New York Yankees, who took the title of Mr. October, later to be Derek Jeter's title, but who stated that he gave so much in playing baseball that he needed and he deserved to have a bevy of beauties, hot and cold running babes. So, so too with the Donald. One fabulously beautiful wife after another, but none of them can satisfy him. He has to have a bevy of babes, beauties, hot and cold running babes. And as we have seen going back to Jack Kennedy all the way up to now, I mean, the wives will usually cover for their adulterous, philandering husbands. It was true with old man Kennedy, Joe Kennedy, and Rose, and on through that family. I mean, every, every layer, every son. Uh, but here with the Donald, Donald said the following, quote, So now the Dems go to a simple private transaction. A simple private transaction wrongly call it a campaign contribution, which it was not. But even if it was, it is only a civil case like Obama's. But it was done correctly by a lawyer, and there would not even be a fine. Lawyer's liability if he made a mistake, not me. Cohen just trying to get his sentence reduced. Witch hunt, end quote. Well, this this is like his real estate transactions, like his accounting for his real estate transactions. I'm doing it the right way, you know. It's if my accountants made a mistake, if my tax lawyers made a mistake, they're on the hook for that. It's not me, it's them. It's plausible deniability here. I am How many degrees removed from culpability? Well, again, the former CIA director stated, I am relieved that you will never have the opportunity to run for public office again. But wait a minute. Let's just look back a little bit with regard to the Obama administration, 
the Obama regime, the Obama gang, and the midterm elections in which he did not fare so well, and yet he was reelected. Back to Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton and Albert Arnold Gore Jr. Clinton and the midterm elections in which they did not fare so well. Do you remember the 1994 revolution? And yet, one re-election. That's not to say that Donald Trump will necessarily win re-election. It is to say he's going to run for re-election unless he's taken down by impeachment before then. But with regard to that, and give me a moment, and we'll come back to that. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After All is Said and Done is whatever is right about it, whatever is good about it, whatever is true and accurate, is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is erring and lacking, that's on me. So concerning this matter of supposedly Trump will never have another opportunity (laughs) following this first term, let's look at what just happened. These midterm elections, Democrats won the House of Representatives. We're going to be graced with the wonderful, illustrious leadership of Nancy Pelosi, Democrat California, yet again. But the Republican majority in the Senate was strengthened so that now it is 53 Republican, 47 Democrats. So when it comes to getting conviction of impeachment, if it were, if there were to be impeachment, it will likely be less assured than it would have been otherwise, than it would have been prior to the midterm results. But John can, you know, imagine, if he cares to, uh, that Trump doesn't stand a chance of ever having a second term. That's not to say that he may not. This isn't about whether he deserves it or not. This is just a question of the reality, the real politic of it, of whether he may, in fact, be elected for a second term. And speaking to that, going back into November, immediately after the results were in on the midterm elections, I mean immediately after, President Trump demanded the resignation of Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions, who had been an early, early adopter, if you will, of Donald Trump. Senator from Alabama, Jeff Sessions, who joined Team Trump and helped him become president. And then, once he was in office, did an outstanding, outstanding job as Attorney General. However, he ran afoul of the Donald by not playing along with him, by not playing well with the president, by being a man of too much integrity and too much honor for the president's taste. And so Jeff Sessions resigned, and he wrote the following, that he had been honored to serve as Attorney General and had worked to implement the law enforcement agenda based on the rule of law that formed a central part of your campaign for the presidency. 
Jeff Sessions suffered all manner of malice and dishonor from the president. The president, yet again, as he has so many times throughout his life and throughout the campaign and throughout his presidency, showed his lack, his dearth, his void of honor and decency. And he belittled Jeff Sessions and he made him out to be stupid and so on and so forth. If you look back at Donald Trump, back when he was running for president, on up to the president, he is forever insisting that he is so smart. (laughs) And yet, he manages to display something other than intelligence and how he chooses to demean anybody who does not sufficiently slavishly do his bidding for him. Well, he has promoted Matthew Whitaker I'm not going to say much of anything about Matthew Whitaker today, but Matthew Whitaker, all indications are that he is playing Trump, that he is playing the Donald. And I will say more about Whitaker in the future, but uh, he is acting attorney general and In the good old boy system, (laughs) he had been, he had been elevated to be, he had been promoted to be Jeff Sessions' chief of staff, but was viewed as being the eyes and ears of the White House inside of the Justice Department. The reason that there have been good things that have been accomplished by the Trump administration has been because there have been some outstanding people who have served in that administration, none more so than Jeff Sessions. And this despite the president being the way the president is. The failures of this president are not due to him being restrained and being kept from being himself. Let the Donald be the Donald. No, it's been because he has been himself. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi, she made this statement that The appointment of Matthew Whitaker to be acting attorney general does violence to the Constitution. It does violence. Fascinating. Well, let's give the quote a a bigger piece of text than that. Quote, it does violence to the Constitution and the vision of our founders to appoint such a person in such a manner to be the chief legal officer in our country, and that's bipartisan. Well, Nancy Pelosi would have us believe that she is a champion of the Constitution and of the vision of the founders, when in fact, she is as flagrant a violator of the vision of the founders as there has been. (laughs) But 
when it serves her purposes, yes, then she can claim to be a defender of the Constitution and the vision of the Founders. I'll have more to say about the vision of the Founders (laughs) in a future program, as time allows, if I live that long. But Matthew Whitaker, he has uh, elevated himself by hook and crook, if you will. And I thought it was fascinating what this one fellow, John Q. Barrett, a professor at St. John's University School of Law, happened to say about Mr. Whitaker. He met him at a TV appearance. And he said that Mr. Whitaker, Matthew Whitaker, was telling people that he was working as a political commentator on CNN in order to get the attention of President Trump. (laughs) In order to get his attention and to get selected by the president. Fascinating, really. I just, uh, remarkable. And he is playing Trump to the hilt. But the president is only too happy to elevate this kind hmm? while he summarily fires Jeff Sessions after having viciously dishonored him for months and months. Another one whom the president is promoting, apparently. It is thought that Nick Ayers is in line to be the next chief of staff, the third chief of staff. This comparatively young man, 36 years of age, it is stated that he's been very young for every job he's ever had, and he's risen very quickly. Indeed. Well, I thought it was fascinating, this one picture that was painted of him. He told a gathering of Republican donors that Republicans who don't unequivocally support Trump's agenda should be eliminated from Congress. And he urged those donors to ante up money, big money, to bankroll primary challengers against any and all Republican incumbents who did not get with the Trump program. This young fellow... One-year junior to Jared Kushner, golden boy, son-in-law of the president, senior advisor to the president, is seemingly the next best thing for this president. His next best alternative for chief of staff other than the one he really would want to have, namely Jared Kushner. But back to how our president deals with people whom he brings on board to join Team Trump. Perhaps you recall the first Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. Interestingly enough, Donald is still belittling Rex Tillerson. And in just an unimaginably unseemly way, except that's how he does things. So, 
three quarters of a year after he fired him by tweet, by tweet, by Twitter. That's right. He stated the following. Tillerson is dumb as a rock and lazy as hell. Very professional of the president, don't you think? Very presidential of the president of the United States of America. The context of this tweet, the totality of it is this, quote, Mike Pompeo is doing a great job. I am very proud of him. His predecessor, Rex Tillerson, didn't have the mental capacity needed. He was dumb as a rock, and I couldn't get rid of him fast enough. He was lazy as hell. Now it is a whole new ballgame. Great spirit at state. End quote. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Well... It's the way this president operates. It's disgraceful. But it's in keeping with the times in which we live. These YouTube times. These GoFundMe scam times. Rex Tillerson, interestingly enough, he's being very diplomatic with regard to the president, but... He said something akin, gently akin to what I have been saying for so long regarding this matter of Twitter, and in particular, in my case, the use of it by this president. But he did not address the president's use of it. He did address... Americans' reliance on it. He said that Trump was elected using modern-day tools to tap into strong emotions. Quote, I will be honest with you. It troubles me that the American people seem to want to know so little about issues that they are satisfied with 128 characters. I don't want that to come across as a criticism of him, of Trump. It's really a concern I have about us as Americans and us as a society and us as citizens, end quote. Jeff Sessions, Rex Tillerson, two very intelligent men, talented men, accomplished men who have been entirely, entirely too deferential and diplomatic regarding this president who has abused them verbally the way that Richard Nixon did his press secretary long ago, disgracefully. The tweet in which the president fired Rex Tillerson was delivered when Tillerson returned from a trip to Africa. And (laughs) fired him by tweet. We can just stupidly accept that when this president says one of his former cabinet members whom he hand-selected was stupid, dumb as a rock, Lazy as hell, cowardly, negligent, 
all these other kinds of things. We can accept that if we, <laughs> we can stupidly accept that if we choose to, but we should know better. We really should. Speaking of the president, which I will speak much less regarding in the (laughs) subsequent program, but, quote, quoting from a tweet, of course, from our president, quote, I am certain that at some time in the future, President Z and I, together, with President Putin of Russia, will start talking about a meaningful halt to what has become a major and uncontrollable arms race. The United States spent $716 billion this year. Crazy! Exclamation mark. End quote. Well, our president, he is not exactly a man for all seasons. (laughs) For those of you who understand what I mean by that, he is not a man for all seasons. NATO has formally stated the following, quote, Allies have concluded that Russia has developed and fielded a missile system, the 9M729, which violates the INF Treaty, the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, and poses significant risks to Euro-Atlantic security, unquote. Quote, we strongly support the finding of the United States that Russia is in material breach of its obligations under the INF Treaty, end quote. Yes, the North American Treaty Organization has spoken. What of it? Really? Well... Back to Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, successor to Rex Tillerson, who is doing a great job. Pompeo stated the following, quote, The United States declares today it has found Russia in material breach of the treaty and will suspend our obligations as a remedy effective in 60 days unless Russia returns to a full and verifiable compliance, end quote. He said that at the NATO meeting. He stated that Russia's violations undermine American national security. And as such, the U.S. should not be constrained by a treaty that hampers its ability to respond. And he coupled that violation with all of Putin's other destabilizing actions, including his aggression against Ukraine, including the very recent and ongoing aggression in the Kerch Strait. Quote, these violations of the INF Treaty cannot be viewed in isolation from the larger pattern of Russian lawlessness on the world stage. The list of Russia's infamous acts is long. Georgia, Ukraine, Syria, election meddling, Skripal, the assassination attempt in Britain, Sergei Skripal and his daughter, and now the Kerch Strait, to name just a few, end quote. But, anyway, dear old communist China now is ever so much closer with Russia. (laughs) They've been working on tightening 
their bonds. And Moscow, at the bidding of Vladimir Putin, warned Washington that it will be forced to respond in kind to restore the military balance if Trump carries through with his threat to quit the INF Treaty. But despite all of this, the United States is going to continue to comply with this treaty for another two months. (laughs) So, what is this violation? Oh, well... This treaty was intended to eliminate land-based missiles with ranges from between 300 all the way up to 3,400 miles. And the NATO nations are concerned that now there's going to be a new round of deployments of missiles in their nations that will put them in dire straits, gravest danger. Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko stated that Putin wants his whole country, Ukraine, and he has appealed for NATO help. Indeed, indeed Putin does. He's got his sights on it. Here in this past week, Former president, number 41, as George W. referred to him, George Herbert Walker Bush, passed away at the age of 94. And he has received accolades galore and so on and so forth. But he was an internationalist. A member of Skull and Bones, like his son. And, frankly, (laughs) an agent for the New World Order, and he did his level best to undermine the Reagan administration while he was vice president. More on the former president in the next program. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.